mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 56 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. I'm going to get right to the iTunes review of the week, which goes to Z underscore Cap from the USA. So I guess it's Z-Cap in the USA. And he or she says, Jono is fantastic. Love this dang show. Five stars. Thank you very much, Z-Cap. I appreciate it. So this week's guest, we have someone that reached out to me after the Colin Moriarty interview, uh, Ico the Rain Man, a hip-hop artist, rapper, producer, director, maker of many kinds of content. He does a bit of everything. And uh, Ico reached out to me and just said, hey, I'd love to come on the show, talk about some of the stuff I've been doing. And I took a look you know, at some of his work and I was really blown away by the high quality and production value that went into everything that he was part of. But not only that, I could see just even from his tweet to me that said, hey, I'd love to come on your show. There's so much supports and retweets from his followers that I thought, you know, this guy's obviously fostered somewhat of a responsive community, so he must be doing something right. And uh, I'm gonna play one of his songs at the end of this episode instead of my usual wrap up. So we'll mention a few things here. Depending on when you're listening to this, I actually had a chance to go on uh, Colin Moriarty's podcast, Fireside Chats, which if you're a Patreon supporter of his, you'll be able to listen to probably right now. If not, it'll be out on Saturday in Australia. That was a really great chat with him just to talk about this podcast and you know the idea of putting in work and work ethic and writing my book and doing all these things while working a full-time job at the same time. It was really great to talk about that with Colin, who's obviously put in so much work himself. If you listen to the episode with him, you'll know that. Uh, but also we talked a bit about Australia and what it's like to live here. And we got into, I guess, the gun debate, the gun laws in Australia and comparing it to how things are over in the US. And I think you might get a kick out of uh, that conversation. So check it out. And while I'm telling you to check stuff out, check out my merch over at designbyhumans.com slash shop slash putting in work. If you want to support the show, the best way to do it financially, at least, is to buy one of my t-shirts. And maybe if you're one of Ico's fans, you can check out some of my hip hop style t-shirts. We got Wu-Tang, Run DMC, NWA, a few of those kinds of styles. So have a look, I hope you dig it. If you like what you hear from Ico on the episode, you can check him out on every social media channel, basically at Ico the Rain Man. That's I-K-O the Rain Man. I'm on Twitter at Jono himself. And without further ado, here is Ico the Rain Man. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me, Ico. It's uh, awesome to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so you reached out to me last week uh, and I was impressed by how quickly your supporters and followers were sharing around that tweet to have you on here. So I immediately knew that you're someone that has a following, but also an engaged following. So yeah, a very, uh, it's a small following, but they're very supportive. A lot of times when I reach out to band, to band, other bands, to venues, to podcasters, mm. uh, cause they know I'm trying to get my name out there. So, uh, I, I usually get some help when I'm trying to reach out to people it fluctuates as well. Sometimes I'll post something mm. that I think is brilliant and then no one will, uh, <laughs> you know, it'll be like a ghost. But yeah, I, I'm very yeah. lucky to have uh, the audience that I do have. So That's cool. Let's, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing at the moment and then we'll backtrack and we'll, we'll look at how you got there. So you're uh, obviously a hip hop artist. You do a lot in video and kind of cross different mediums. So talk to me about what you do and, and how you do it. First and foremost, uh, I guess after what a lot of debate with internally, I am a hip hop artist. Uh, the film and music production is my huge passion. When I first started making music towards the end of high school, 
I wasn't really sure what I was going to be doing uh, in college. So music was certainly a way for me to be able to pass the time and do something that I was passionate about. I was studying criminal justice in uh, when I was going to FAU in Florida. And after so long, I realized that this is not something that I was interested in. So I started making music and it started to catch on with the people around me towards a tipping point where I wanted to start putting out a lot of visuals. I realized that having your own photographer or having someone to do your own graphic design or your own videos was very tough. Yeah. So I became the person to be able to paint those pictures for myself. I started to teach myself to be able to do it. So that's how I started to blend my love for photography, video, and music all together. Okay. And how do you think those things uh, relate to each other? Because I'm sure there's a bit of crossover in the skills and different things that, you know, because you're doing each of those things, you can blend them together so well in a way that's like the most optimized message or presentation, I imagine. The latest work that I have now, which is called, uh, which is a shameless plug, The Cold River You Left Me In, uh, which should be out by the time this podcast releases, is a perfect blend of what I wanted to do with my passion in film and storytelling Mm -hmm. and music. So part of the video is a short love and horror story that I directed and came up with the story concept for, and my roommates helped me uh, put it together. So I believe that that's, as of now, the perfect representation of what I always wanted to do. I wanted to have a powerful visual that you're looking at. So even if you don't like my music, I I want you to be able to at least to try to grasp and gravitate towards my video. (laughs) I remember Googling many years ago, uh, I was trying to get a music video done. And it was very expensive, especially for a college student who was still living with his parents. Yeah. It's just like, this is just not happening. I can't afford two to $3,000 for a video. So me and my friends put our money, all of our money together and we bought a camera. We started making videos afterwards. And after so many years of doing it, we just started to perfect our craft. So it was just through going out there, doing it and teaching yourselves. You None of you had like professional backgrounds or training in, in any of these these uh, f- photography or video fields? Absolutely not. I was studying <laughs> criminal justice while I was going yeah, to college. Uh, I had a bad breakup around that time. So right after the breakup, I needed to, I started to come to the mindset of like, I need to figure out what I'm doing right now. I'm not happy going to school in the direction I'm going to school. Or like, or particularly, I'm not happy with what I'm doing in school. I don't think it particularly interests me, criminal justice. It was one of those fields that I thought I had to get into. You, you grow up with like two sort of like job mindsets, like the one that maybe like your parents and school and society would like or expect you to do like, oh, become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, yeah. which makes more sense because it pays more money. Yeah. But you also have your dream job where you want to become an actor or you want to become a famous musician. So I chose the dream job. And funny enough, like listening to something that you could, me and you could relate to, kind of funny, uh, Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty, mm-hmm. like when they were just nobodies, and, and, and I don't mean that like uh, demeaningly, like, like when they were just two guys on a podcast and like, look where they are now. They're just very successful. They're very influential. And they, and they were able to grasp a medium that is very popular nowadays. They sort of were innovators at the time. I don't think that they even realized it because 
I don't think that there is a podcast that was as popular in a video game spectrum that was podcast yeah. beyond like at the time of like Greg Colin uh Ryan Clements and Andrew Garfield like all there so gold fab yeah yeah sorry uh yeah that's interesting and that's kind of a, a good segue into a, a probably a large part of your identity is I guess being part of that nerd culture and you know video game community and the way that integrates into your art so can you talk a bit about how you you know blend the things that you love with the the music style that you're most into being because sorry I imagine that like traditionally there's not a huge crossover between like you know urban culture and the guy that's playing Madden in his basement or whatever it is. No, I completely agree. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget the first time I listened to a Wu-Tang song and I think it was Method Man was just like comparing himself to Ghost Rider, like the comic yeah. book character. And I just thought that was just so cool. And then every once in a while you would hear one of your favorite rappers like throw in like a Spider-Man reference or a Batman punchline. And as someone who also consumed that media besides just hip hop, it was really cool to see something that I love be referenced in a song. One of my friends the other day was just like, well, what kind of audience are you trying to go for? You're like, you're like the nerdy rapper, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that particularly sort of correlates with what I'm trying to present myself as. I think just being a nerd is reflected through the way that I speak. Like I was listening to you uh, mentioned Mega Ran uh, the other day mm. and I was listening to some of his stuff. And by the way, after like, like uh, having his like YouTube channel, I really, really became a fan. Um, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he's really, really awesome. One of the things that I don't do um, that I know a lot of like nerd rappers do is that they tell sort of like, God, like video game stories. Like it's just really, really just like it's almost like a theme. Like I'm going to rap about me being a superhero sp- or I'm Spider-Man in this song. I feel like that's more yeah. like what nerdy rap is. Whether as like, if I'm trying to tell you something that happened to me, like let's say a bad breakup, I'm going to use things that I can reference that make sense to me because I consume so much video games because I read so much sure. comics and movies. That's just one way for me to be able to get my message across. So of course there's this naturally Dragon Ball Z or Spider-Man, Batman yeah. comic book lines. It's like referenced throughout my music, but that's just something that happens naturally. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. it, it, it certainly is nerd rap to an extent, but I'm trying to branch out from just being considered the nerdy rapper, even though a lot sure. of people within our culture really do like and consume my music. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten was someone was just like, listen, man, I don't like hip hop at all, but I really like some of the stuff that you have in your music. Cause I just, I can't believe you're talking about some of this. I can't believe you're incorporating some of the really obscure nerd subject matter to try to get your point across. So that was really special yeah. to me. That's cool. And like we had never spoken to each other until last week. So we're not, you know, as, apart from being both kind of funny fans, we're not really in the same online community. But I did notice a lot of people that I follow on Twitter 
like Jared Petty and people like that, they're like, they're following you. And I imagine it's because they've come across some of your music before and it's resonated with them. Uh, Yeah, I was in the video game community for a while. I podcast beyond. Uh, I was posting in the forums very frequently. I was uh, even had some of my music featured on uh, PS I Love You, which is really cool. Uh, The the first wave of audience uh, like fans that I got came from Podcast Beyond. I was listening to Podcast Beyond for many years. And just like I, I didn't listen to them uh, it, to try to promote my music, but like after a while, I was just like, "What are the chances that I can get one of my songs played on this show?" And literally, like the first time I sent them a song, it was immediately <laughs> played. And Greg had emailed me back. He's just like, "Hey, man, I really like this song." And even Damon had given me a, a compliment on the episode that I was on. That's cool. A, a, and. I remember driving home and I guess the episode had just went live or whenever people started to come across it, I was on the way home from the gym and this is when I had nobody message. I had to literally, after a few months, I had to mute my notifications on Twitter because it was just too much. My phone was just exploding. I was like, what's going on here? And people were just sending me (laughs) so much love and the original like OG, like like Operation 5AM fans like came from Podcast Beyond because of Greg and Colin like had introduced my music to a lot of people. And a lot of the music that was being sent to them was just, you know, like it was very, very indie. It was very like yeah. some, of, some of it was really professionally done. Most of it was not. So I think the people who sent out that kind of music probably got a little bit more of a response so I, I became more involved in a community that way, and that's how a lot of people grew to know me uh, through uh, through the, uh, that episode of Podcast Beyond. And then sort of like as a thank you letter to that, I wrote this song called uh, Beyond 5000, which was just a thank you love letter to Podcast Beyond because in a way they had they – had, after they uh, sent that wave of audience – to me, like, you know, just naturally they started to show up. It gave me like a new breath of like life. It made me realize that like awesome. that there are people who can love and consume like this message that I'm telling with my words. And it gave me so much hope. Like it it, it showed me a small glimpse of a greater possibility. And the only way that I wouldn't be able to achieve that if I just gave up. So I be I eventually <laughs> Through the means of the, I I will say though, it's really weird that the internet is not what it was five, six, seven years ago, because I'm telling you, the (laughs) video game community is very hostile. Like I remember complaining about Breath of the Wild having DLC content on the podcast beyond forms. And I just got destroyed. Like just, I was like, people were like saying some (laughs) really mean things. I was just like, bro, I was just like, I'm not saying that this game sucks. I just don't like the fact yeah. that this is the first Zelda game with DLC content, and for some reason that's just really weird to me. As someone who grew up playing like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask is arguably my second favorite game of all time. Uh, yeah, the uh, that's why I sort of took a back step from posting on forums and video game uh, mm. websites just because the internet is very treacherous nowadays so you got to tread carefully with what you say and how you say it because even when you just talk about zelda you're offending someone so which is weird (laughs) i think that's the the great thing about twitter is you're able to 
build your own community there. Yeah, absolutely. People, if they follow you, then like if if they're gonna see what you've tweeted, unless it goes viral, <laughs> it's gonna be someone that actually likes you or is a follower of of yours or supports you. So it's a that has pros and cons because it can become you know one echo chamber of, of one mindset but yeah it is interesting that uh something as simple as a, an opinion about a video game can draw a uh, rage from from people so i guess to bring it back to your your music career how does uh in- engaging in this online community play a part because i imagine so much of being an up-and-coming musician is being online and constantly promoting your stuff and putting it out there for people to share and reach a wider audience. So how much do you think about the way that you tailor those messages? Everything is based online nowadays. And I asked myself uh, a couple months ago, I was just like, how would I have blown up or become what I am now if I wasn't in the online era that I'm in? A lot of my fans... Mm -hmm. Don't even really – I have like a mixed audience as well because some of – I have people who follow me for sort of my comedic take on movies or just pop culture in general. I do a lot of comedy writing. Twitter is a very good way for me to practice that. I haven't taken it mm-hmm. further like as far as doing like stand-up or stuff like that, but I've done a lot of sketch comedy that I've – Put together with Operation 5 AM, which Operation 5 AM, by the way, is the the brand that I created to represent Ico the Rain Man and everything that I do. It's sort of like the name of my house, if that makes any sense. It's sure. Greg Miller's kind of funny, if that makes sense. But just geared for more uh, visual and audio kind of uh, material. <laughs> so the way that I use the online world to promote my stuff is 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 everything there i remember the last few tweets of mine that like got like a really good garnish was when i reviewed justice league and i put out an early review and like i was like wow like most of my audience like cares more about my my opinion on justice league than they do of my last music video i was like well whatever like that's still like a cool (laughs) thing to be able to have people who look towards your uh character for different sort of influences or perspective so that the fact that there are people who just really like some of the silly things that I say on Twitter, which is like 90% of what I say online or my opinion on movies or my music or my visual arts. Uh, I, I don't think that I would be exactly what I always envision myself when it comes to being an artist without the online world today. It, it does, it is a double edged sword. Like what I said, there are, there is a lot of hostility, at least particularly nowadays. And sometimes it could be sort of unmotivating when you're putting out material that can conflict with a lot of people's opinions or feelings, but I, I'm not mm-hmm. someone of controversy. I do have some controversial opinions, but I try to tread lightly when it's, when poking that message out there with people. But, uh, I love the, the internet. Sure. I don't think I'd be able to grow without it, but it, you know, it is, uh, it's hot waters nowadays. All right. So I don't know exactly how you classify yourself, whether what you're doing is full time and you don't have to work in any other jobs. But when was it that it clicked in your head from or it clicked in your wallet from mm-hmm. a hobby to a full time career interest and that's something that you were putting your 100 percent of energy into? It was probably a f- probably like two years after I got my music featured on Podcast Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I was dealing with. Uh, I, I was just depressed. I I feel like maybe I 
partially still am for many years. And one of the things that was doing that to me was I was trapped in the job, like an odd job. I was working at Best Buy while I was just fin- uh, trying to go to school. I saw that what I was going to school for was ultimately not the path I wanted to go in life. Uh, I had lost someone very important to me at the time. And I kind of started to think think things in a smaller scale. Like I might as well just do what I'm happy or do what makes me happy while I still mm-hmm. have the opportunity to do it before I get old and just be like, well, I regret it now because <laughs> I had, I had jobs where I was making good money, but I was just miserable there. And it, I would start off the job like really optimistic. But then after a while, I felt like I was just trapped in this circle. And one of the saddest things that would happen to me is, you know, sometimes you, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but you know, you, you, you go to a job and you ask one of your friends, like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing for a living? Or, you know, what's your goals, your passion? Are you going to school? They're like, yeah, I'm just graduating. Uh, me and my girlfriend are finishing up medical school. I'm doing nursing. Like, oh, okay, what are you doing? Oh, becoming a lawyer. But then you have that one friend who's just like, you're like, well, what are you doing? He's just like, he just sort of like looks around and he's just like, well, this is kind of it. But he's young and like Best Buy was his just brick wall. Once I started to gain an audience, I started to see that I, if I put out content and I create content for people, people will uh, provide. They will. They mm-hmm. they speak with their wallet. I mean, it's very. It's a valuable thing to have. No matter how small of an audience you have or how big of an audience you have, it's a very valuable thing and that I precious a lot. That people are willing to help pay for your living expensive because they respect your opinion on whatever that subject matter may be. So I'd say about three years ago, I tried to just, I quit my job and I was just like, hell, I have to do this full time. And I, I, something I was talking to my mentor about, uh, and his name is DC Donald, uh, who trained me in the art of recording. Like when I went to the studio for the first time, he, he's a very religious guy and like he, he just provides so much like, like faith and like positivity in me. He, he, he said something to me before I moved to New York. He goes, you, um, pardon me. He said, you, you work and you fight better when you're, when you're backed up against the wall, when you're too comfortable, like, you're just going to keep staying in that same positions. You know, my family, you know, we're not rich. We're not poor. We're just barely okay. And just being able to that comfort of just living with my parents and not really having that responsibility for myself is why I wasn't advancing. I had to sort of quit my job and find a way to do this full time for this to be able to grow. And the thing that stops people is assuming that it's going to happen within a year or two or right away, you really have to give it your all. And I can't say that enough because there's been many years in my life where I was just like, I don't even know if I should keep doing this. Like, what am I doing? And then that first little spark of hope that I saw was enough for me to be like, okay, I need to work way harder to be able to get to this point that I'm trying to achieve. So here I am. Yeah, that's cool, man. And like it, it's cool to see you uh, out in California now. I assume that was like a somewhat of a career move to to make things happen. Absolutely, out there my friend Christian well. gave me yeah. the invite. Uh, who's a really good friend of mine and who's also part of Operation Five AM. Two three months before my lease was up in New York, I was looking for another place in New York to stay. I had I left Florida a year, almost a year and a half ago. I was like, I need to leave Florida. Like if I'm chasing music 
and film, and I'm trying to become involved more in that industry, I have to leave Florida and go to the two spots in the United States that have like a really booming scene and industry for that. I went to New York and I got myself on Eminem's radio station. I met a lot of really good yeah. uh, friends out there who are now a part of my team that I really value and love their friendship. Then Christian was just like, dude, I'm living in a house full of creators right now. You need to come to California. We have space for you here. Like, let make this happen. There's like this moment of limbo that I was also trapped in again of like, do I stay in New York for another year and see what happens or do I leave to come to L.A.? I will say coming to L.A. was the smartest and the wisest decision I've ever could have ever, ever done. That's so. cool. It sounds like there's been like some real grind happening as there are with, you know, almost every solo musician, full-time musician. So what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to the point where you've made this your whole career? You've made this something you can put all of your energy into and you're, you're starting to see the rewards and you don't have to think about working at Best Buy. The, the hardest part was the beginning. Uh, there was this moment at of my life where every single person was just like, you're trying to become a rapper. And even saying that out loud at the time, I like, it literally would have to be in secret. Like I didn't want people right. to know that that's exactly what I was wanted to do. I remember yeah. <laughs> I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw this magazine cover and Ash, this kid, uh, this rapper Asher Roth was on it. And it was the first time I'd ever seen him. I'm like, who is this guy? Like how, and I love Asher off now, but like this moment of just like jealousy hit me. I was like, who is this like young 20 year old who's on the cover of this magazine, who's rapping basically is doing what I want to do. And I, I mm. there was this ego that I had to fight away. I think ego and wanting so much in the beginning of any sort of career movement is hazardous. I met a lot of people who started off Operation 5 AM with me, which was the hip-hop collective that rose when I started making music, they all gave up because they didn't see any sort of progress or anything happen within the first two years. Uh, my friend Epic once said, he's just like, well, if I put all this money in making this album, he's just like, what am I going to do with it once it's done? And he's sort of right because there's, there's so many people that are trying to do what, what you do I always say it's like you're, it's like 1 million people more, like 5 million people versus one. How are you trying to stand out? That there's a lot of backlash that sometimes people can receive when they, you know, tell their, their moms and dads that they want to become a YouTube star or an actor or a musician because not everyone makes it. I had a fan reach out to me once and he asked me something that was like, it, it kind of messed me up because he's, he sent me some of his artwork. I personally like his artwork, but it's a very particular style. It like, I don't, he's not the greatest drawer ever. You know, he's not the greatest artist, but he's just like, Hey, I want to become a full-time artist. Like, and here's my artwork. How do I do that? And I looked at his stuff and I was like, well, that was the first thing that I had to judge him on was the quality of his content. I was just like, well, you have to keep working on your craft. Yeah. And I didn't really know, what to say after that, because it's within certain mediums of art, it's hard to be able to 
to make a career out of that. So when this guy who draws asked me, how does he make a career out of drawing? I was like, I I don't know. You got to practice your drawing and get better. And it's the same thing with me. I'm not the greatest rapper ever. I know tons of people who don't like my music. I have friends, close friends, best friends of mine who just don't like my music. And it's a really weird feeling, but I have people who feel just the opposite. So I think trying to fight your ego and dealing with the doubt that some people may surround you with at first uh, is is probably the hardest because that that's what it was for me. It, um, just my parents at the, it's just weird. I love my mom and she's very supportive of what I do. She's my number one fan, I would say. But it was for a while before I proved to her that I had it in me to be able to do something with this. Like she was just like, man, I just like, I was talking to my friend today and his son's a doctor. I just, I wish you would become a doctor. I was like, mom, no, that's not what I want to do. And she's like, and she, she does that all the time. And I don't blame her for it because I'm happier for it because even though I'm not the most successful artist, I still have a lot to achieve. Uh, I'm happier with this path that I'm on. It's, it's, there's a, it's a huge adventure. So that's cool, man. And I think like just being happy with what you're doing is a huge thing. And if you can make a living from it, you know, you might not be on the cover of the magazine or on the charts or whatever, but even if you're just making a living from it, I think most musicians or artists would say that that's their goal, you know, that's no, absolutely. what they're after. My advice to a lot of people is uh, just be, just say hello and try to become friends with people, but do it genuinely. I remember when I started, I wanted to start and I was looking on Facebook and I was like, who is this kid that I just saw who posted some music here the other day? And I heard some of his music. I was like, who? Oh, yeah, my friend Carlton. And I reached out to Carlton. I was like, hey, dude, I haven't seen you since we used to go to school together. I'm like, how have you been? I was like, I heard some of your music. And I, I like, you know, the quality of music that you have. Like, show me the ropes. Please take me under your wing. So putting yourself around people who are also trying to achieve what you're achieving is uh, very healthy. Uh, that's where also you have to try to fight your ego because sometimes you meet someone particularly within hip-hop it gets very competitive like you could tarnish a lot of relationships that way so yeah. it, it i don't know my advice to people is if you're if you're trying to get yourself involved in the craft the best way to do it is just find other people who are either a few steps above you below you and also trying to do what you're doing yeah uh, that's good advice it's it's interesting like i think about the way you have to view yourself to be a rapper or, or whatever. And I think it's similar to, to basketball where you have to almost ha- probably have an irrational confidence in, in yourself and think that you're the best because that seems like the people that have that mindset are the ones who succeed. Would you agree with that? How oh, do you view that? Well, absolutely. There <laughs> was a lot of songs that I recorded at first that I was just like, no, 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 this is no good. And I think that benefited me as well because I have this – perspective that I will try to uh, teach and tell all my friends about. And so anyone listening could probably learn something from this if they don't really have this concept embedded in them. Always judge your art from a third person perspective because you may like your art, but the person that doesn't have the experiences or feelings that you do are going to have differently. So even though I like at first when I would record music, I like, Oh, I really like the lyrics, but I'm like, just the delivery's not there. 
I sound like I'm drunk. I wasn't. I was like, <laughs> it sounds like my voice is loose. I was like, it just, it just sucks. And I'll never forget the first song I ever recorded was called Basement Music. And it changed my life. I'll never forget. It's a weird feeling to get goosebumps to your own song that you, my friend uh, L.S. came up to me for my birthday and he's like, I wrote you a song. I wrote the hook for it. I have a verse on it because the the song is going to be so dope that I have to have at least some part of it. And I want you to write the rest of it. And it became our anthem. And it was just about finding hope through your friends and like seeking that, uh, that, that destiny, no matter what you have in front of you, that, that whatever wall you have in front of you, you are able to achieve. I listened to that song and I was just like, wow. This is actually really cool. And that was after me recording 10 songs and just like, ah, it sucks. But this one song, I was like, okay, I have to be able to hone in on this style, this whatever yeah. made me feel this way. I have to sort of embrace that and, you know, get better at it. And I started to do that. And there's still, uh, I still look at my art from a third person perspective and be like, do I think this is good enough? Do I have to present this professionally? Even before I had any fans or any sort of audience yeah. members, I met this kid at a, a bar once and he's like, Oh, I want to shoot some videos for you. And I gave him my business card and I was like, you could find my music at uh, a or operation five am.com. And he was so blown away that I had a website. And I was like, it's <laughs> not that big a deal that I have a website, but again, just the way you present yourself from a professional manner. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you have numbers behind you. It's just, uh, how you, you know, try to display that, uh, craft to your audience or to the audience yeah, consuming it. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting take because I, I think like step one is to to write something that you like yourself or that you would want to read or listen to if it's music. And then after that, I think it's a, like you said, it is where you have to think about, okay, I like it. How do you, how do I think other people will interpret it? Or is it too much of an in, like in joke to me or that kind of thing? So it, it's a bit of both. What kind, yeah. It? What kind yeah. of responses, like I always wanted to ask, uh, cause you wrote a book that you got crowdfunded, yeah. which is really cool. H how did you, when you finished the book, how did you feel about the book? Did, because I'm at the, I'm writing, I'm working on my new album right now and I'm just questioning. I, I thought I was almost done. And now <laughs> I'm like, I think I might have to start all over. I'm, I'm questioning everything right now. So I, yeah. I, I think that's fairly, yeah, it's fairly natural to do that. And you often hear about, you know, actors who won't watch a movie that they're in. Interesting. <laughs> and I think it's a similar thing because like I've, you, you know you write i wrote the book i like the book but you spend so much time editing and it becomes work after you've had the creative enjoyment of writing it and telling a story you then have to craft it into this thing that's polished and ready mm -hmm. for people to to consume and enjoy and you know i, I still like I, I know that book like the back of my hand i can tell you what happens i could probably rewrite it and it would be fairly similar <laughs> from scratch but yeah, it's, I think it's normal to maybe think about things you could have done differently. And that's just the nature of art is you put it out there and then it's, you know, you could you could work on it for 12 years and then like 
Chinese democracy, Guns N' Roses, and it's still not be received well. So it's it's just something. Sometimes you just got to know when to to put it out there. Yeah, I once I have more free time, there that I've been working on a book for a very long time now, and yeah. right now it's, it's it's very big, and I have to cut a lot of the fat out, and a lot of the writing that I did do was from many years ago. So I have to sort of go back and re-edit some of the stuff that I certainly, because as I write more and the more I consume, like before I start working on new music, I always read a book and I try to read as much books as possible. And I do that every time I'm writing, whether it's comedy or I'm working on some short stories or new music, the more I consume, the more I am able to, uh, to get into my creative juices I always tell people that you are a mixture of your uh, inspirations. So sometimes yeah. when you hear a, uh, a musician or maybe you'll be playing a game that has a familiar trait to something else, it's because they were influenced from that. And, you know, th- mm-hmm. there is there is a way to be influenced and then there is a way to be sort of just like a knockoff. But I think it's just how you sort of portray that. Uh, I, I feel that towards the end of me finishing this book, yeah. I'm just going to go crazy. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but I, 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 I definitely uh, envy you. I, uh, having a book out, I think, is an absolutely phenomenal uh, achievement. Like anybody who's able to accomplish that is uh, certainly has respect in my, bo- uh, in my book. Thank you, How man. long did it take you to write it? How long did it take you to write it? Uh, uh, yeah, well, it was about three or four months of writing and then a whole lot of time of editing and rewriting. So it's hard to pin down an exact time. But yeah, when you really have an idea and know what you're what you're doing it's and you commit to doing it every day you can definitely get a lot done yeah mine uh realms in, i can't talk about it too much until i have it uh completely yeah. under the wraps but mine's realms into the it's a science fiction book i guess sort of it starts off sort of science fictiony but I've been working on it for many years, not because it's this crazy complex book. It's just because I do so much that I was like, yeah, as soon as I'm done with my album, I'm going to start working on my book again. Now I don't even know when my album is going to be done or even if I'm going to have time this year to just like sit myself down and get into that mode. So a lot of times as an artist who does, who tries to do as much as I do, it it certainly does affect me because I want to write my book or finish it. I want to uh, start doing more comedy and doing sketch comedy videos, but I have to focus on my music. And sometimes I get, I, I don't always prioritize myself in the most proper way. I've been getting better at it, at least lately with my roommates have been whipping me in the shape because they're all professionals at what they do. I was sometimes like, instead of working on something that I know I should be doing, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go direct this random video that has nothing to do with anything. And, and that, that kind of creative mindset that I have is sort of hinders me is that I Pardon me. I want to do too much, but sure. I need to sort of try to condense myself out. And once my audience is bigger and I have uh, obviously like a bigger you know, way to finance a lot of my ideas, it's, it's easier to be able to prioritize uh, you know, your creative content. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're working on something, that's, that's the main thing. So before I ask my last question, are you touring as well as uh, doing everything else on top of that? As I'm currently working on new music, uh, it's the music that I'm going to be using to relaunch myself. What I have as far as new visuals, and I hope that my video will be out 
uh, very soon, something I've been working on for the last two months. It's probably the biggest project I've ever put together in my life, visually, outside of this album. But now that I'm in LA, uh, performing is something I'm definitely doing more of or trying to do more of. That's something that I always get criticized a lot by my friends. It's like, hey, your character basically only lives online. You need to start performing more on stage. But once I have more music that I'm gearing towards the, uh, the broader audience that I'm aiming for. And also mm-hmm. I have a lot of songs that are not particularly made to be performed on stage. I don't know if that makes any sense. Not every song <laughs> is able to be performed on stage in the way that would actually work for like a really dope show, if that makes any sense. Okay. So I'm trying to like gear a lot of that music towards that, uh, sort of uh, audience that's going to show up at shows and also gain me new fans. So yeah, I definitely need to be touring more. Hopefully by the end of the year, once I have all my projects complete and I start off my new campaign, it'll be a good era for Mr. Rain Man. Yeah, sounds good. I'm, I'm sure um, you'll figure out how that all works. So my last question for you, if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I love that question because I was listening to one of your episodes earlier and I feel that I'm already doing that, and I honestly don't think that I would have took this path if I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and that I would fail, because I've been told that I was going to fail so many times, and so many times I had to prove people the exact opposite through small and sometimes really big accomplishments. So I'm doing what I love. Mm. If, if, if I were to go super viral and I have... Once I get my ideas out there, the ones that I have cooking up, I'm going to use my music and my foreground to sort of help build my other ideas. One example that I always give to people is uh, like Tyler, the creator, is a hip hop artist who went viral. And then a few years later, he was directing his some commercials for Mountain Dew and he directed a lot of his own music videos and he even had his own show, which I think he produced. And I'm not sure how much involvement he had as far as the production work. I would do the same thing, except for I wouldn't do commercials. I mean, I would love, uh, yeah, I would be on a commercial, no doubt, but I would try to bring some of my stories to life and I would use that audience that I have and the money that I have to be able to tell more content. So I think Childish Gambino, uh, Donald Glover is uh, very much in the realm of how I would like to see myself 10, 15 years from now is he's an awesome musician, but he's also a fantastic actor and writer. And I don't know if he's ever directed anything, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's just a huge influence to me. So if I could, uh, do anything that I want without failing, I think I'm on that path. Uh, Like I said, still much more to accomplish. Sure. So you would be in the next Star Wars movie, basically. Oh, very much so. I want to direct the next <laughs> Batman movie. Listen, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, if you need someone to work on the Batgirl uh, draft, yeah, I I'm the man. Ideas. Yeah, they got rid of Josh Whedon, so I'll probably have to take over. <laughs> See how you go. All right, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been awesome. And I think it's almost been less of an interview and more of a conversation this time around, which is pretty cool because it's it's not often I get to do that. No, so thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here and I look forward to you know listening to more episodes. And I know you're also working on another book. Yeah, I started book number two a few weeks ago. So that's uh, pretty exciting. So people can stay tuned for that too. Looking forward to that one. I have to pick up the first one. So, yeah. you know, see if I'll be excited for the second one. But uh, definitely look forward to checking it out. Awesome. Thanks, Hayes, man.
Thank you, brother. I know, I know. I, I burnt your heart. I turned your heart into stone. Now that I own your soul, no, I will not let you go. Heart made of gold and I'm falling. I'm not in control. Not in control. Watching this fiction unfold with your heart made of stone. No, I will not let you go now that I I have died once before, but I have been reborn. I am the heartless, standing against the army of Spartacus. I want the world because there's no room in my office. And I'm the kind of hungry, don't stand close when you feed me. Blessed with the will that makes the Green Lantern greedy. You're gonna need Khaleesi and seven dragons to defeat me. Poof, you're gone. Beating Vichy, a quick victory to pillage and burn and repeat. Our gang never retreats, we arm the keep peace. Arm with my pen and my pad, the stress I decrease. The verbal rap, red cyclone, my style is Zangief. And I hustle in the chamber of time to make my increase. A rapping activist brought back with the Lazarus, the assassin titled as the Red Hood. My murder's accurate, so tell me, name a rapper that is better. I put a hole in them, just like it's Luke Cage's sweater. Mr. Cinderella with a bag of vendettas, they call me the Rain Man. I hope you brought your umbrella, I'm like, damn, how did I get so hard? I know, I know, I, I burnt your heart, I turned your heart into stone, now that I own your soul, no, I will not let you go, heart made of gold and I'm falling, I'm not in control, not in control, watching this fiction unfold with your heart made of stone. No, I will not let you go now that I, I said I love you But she didn't say it back I gave my heart to this girl She let it fall, she made it crack And I'm the pissed off rapper The ripper they call the jack I'm on that liquor Eddie Brock's venom is on this track I'm straight up hip-hop I got the apocalypse in my pocket I'm a prophet Saw myself on this throne Then I copped that I'm a novice Who's here to show you just how strong his heart is I'm evolving So when I die, the sun will be my coffin Verbal orphan When I speak, no one on earth could hear me I'm the android Dr. Jerome created in that basement I'm the perfect weapon Develop the perfect method for leaving these rappers headless I'm hungry, I want your necklace My brain's infectious, battle rap imperfectious Strictly prohibited from these gimmicks I'm making bets with I'm independent Infectious against the corporate A message I'm sending out to these rappers that drive in Porsches I'm coming after your money, your women, children, and horses Batman rapping in corporate I paint the sins of my portrait I made a deal with the sources I did it all for this glory The blood is ink in the story Mama, please now don't you worry yeah, I go the rain man, feel this wrath of the hurricane I once fell in love with an angel who didn't feel the same So I wrote my name inside of the death note to try to heal my pain I, 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 I died and I came back stronger Stepping out of hell with this black golden armor But just like Alicorn, we all wear the sins of our fathers I know, I know, I, I burnt your heart I turned your heart into stone now that I own your soul No, I will not let you go Heart made of gold and I'm falling, I'm not in control not in control. Watching this fiction unfold with your heart made of stone. No, I will not let you go now that I own your soul.